Hello there, welcome to this special MLEX podcast to mark Thursday, January the 28th, International Data Privacy Day. The day is an international effort which is designed to raise awareness of data privacy issues and to encourage individuals and businesses to respect privacy and safeguard data. A worthy cause, no doubt, and an objective that underpins the regulation that is central to MLEX's data privacy and security coverage. My name is James Paniki. I'm MLEX's Asia-Pacific Senior Editor, and it's great to be with you. And for this special edition of our podcast, we thought we'd take a big-picture look at the year that was and also glance ahead at 2021, which is already shaping up as a year of high drama in privacy regulation and enforcement. And who better to consult than Mike Swift, MLEX's Chief Global Digital Risk Correspondent based in our San Francisco offices. I spoke to him late on what was Tuesday on his side of the dateline, and I began by asking about the establishment of privacy regulation agencies in several jurisdictions around the world, including Brazil and India, and of course the key state of California. What was the significance of these new agencies? Well, this year we're really seeing um, some of the biggest uh, and most influential internet markets in the world who um, are passing uh comprehensive data protection laws and which are likely to influence other economies around the world. So we've seen Brazil, which has passed a comprehensive law and its new data protection authority, the ANPD, basically uh, took office in November. Uh, we have India, which uh, is expected uh, by the end of April to introduce its comprehensive privacy legislation into its parliament. And we have California, which just today we reported that um, the process has begun to name uh, the board that will run the uh, first U.S. standalone uh, privacy enforcer, which will be created uh, under the new California law that voters passed in November. So we're seeing some really significant um, milestones as really this kind of tide of uh, global data protection marches on around the world. How important is it that a country that does have uh, regulation, privacy regulation, privacy laws in place, how important is it to have a dedicated agency to enforce those rules? I think it's going to be significant here in California. We have had a law for the past year, but it's enforced by the California Attorney General, who is an elected politician and who has a ton of serious other concerns. Uh, this past year, for example, uh, the Attorney General of California sued the Trump administration something like 30 times uh, on environmental regulations and uh, immigration and a whole bunch of issues that had nothing to do with privacy. And I think when you have a standalone focused re regulator uh, like you're going to have in California, it's definitely going to make an impact. Brazil, uh, it's actually very interesting. Um, our colleague uh, Ana Paula Candile did an interesting story last week where the head of their new data protection authority said that they are going to use a, quote, more modern form of regulation called responsive regulation, where they basically have a dialogue with companies and say, you know, you need to act better. So, you know, we'll see if that works. Uh, that's sort of a much more light touch approach, obviously. And, and uh, so it, it will be interesting to see, um, you know, how these things shake out over time for sure. 
Now, uh, both you and our European colleagues have chronicled the impact of the privacy shields collapse. Now, this was the arrangement under which the EU and the US were able to transfer data to one another. Uh, That arrangement was then nullified by a European court. It happened late last year. What does the future hold on that front? So um, another story we reported on today was um, President Biden's uh, choice to be the new Secretary of Commerce in the United States, Gina Raimondo, had her confirmation hearing before the United States Senate today. And the very first question she was asked was about Privacy Shield. And what she said was she was going to make it really a, a top priority. It would be one of the first things that Uh, she addresses. She believes that the negotiations are going well. However, we also reported today that um, they're still very much in an exploratory phase. It's not like they are close to a solution. So we don't really know what the final end game is going to be here. uh, And it's just something we're going to have to keep our eyes on in the next few months. But both sides say that um, they are going to get this fixed. So we'll, we'll have to see. Now, we've seen some examples of internet fragmentation through regulation in recent times. I'm obviously talking about China blocking uh, U.S. companies, the U.S. increasingly blocking companies like WeChat and TikTok. Last year, we saw a lot of uh, movement on that front. Is that trend likely to continue? So that's uh, a $64 million question right now. Uh, We're waiting to see what will happen with the litigation that was begun by the Trump administration against both TikTok and WeChat. But um, again, uh, uh, Gina Raimondo, the the Choice for Commerce Secretary, was asked about China today. Unfortunately, she was not asked by any senators about these specific cases against WeChat and TikTok. Uh, The Commerce Department was really the the, sort of the point of the spear uh, in the litigation that that Trump brought uh, against both companies. But she was asked about China, and there was some really tough talk there. She said that uh, she did speak specifically about Huawei and ZTE and really made it clear that there's not going to be any backtracking in the very aggressive stance that the U.S. has taken against those companies because of um, the fear that they could introduce cybersecurity vulnerabilities into uh, the U.S. telecommunications networks. So even though she didn't say anything about WeChat and TikTok, there's really no indication that the U.S. under Biden is going to back off from what Trump began and being very aggressive against these challenges. Chinese companies. Mike, what we're seeing with both trade issues of this sort, uh, but also the greater regulation on the part of national governments, is the the creeping uh, imposition of state sovereignty on cyberspace. Uh, so whatever the merits of that trend, uh, it is without doubt controversial. So tell me something about the Declaration of Independence of Cyberspace. Remind me what it is and when is it written, when was it written, and how is that relevant today? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, James, um, because we are uh, rapidly approaching the uh, 25th anniversary of this really seminal document that was written by a guy named John Perry Barlow, uh, who coincidentally was one of the lyricists for the Grateful Dead rock band. But uh, he wrote this very influential treatise, and maybe I'll just read from the the first paragraph of that. Um, It's a little bit highfalutin, but uh, it, it was a very influential statement where he said, 
Governments of the industrial world, you weary giants of flesh and steel, I come from cyberspace, the new home of the mind. On behalf of the future, I ask you of the past to leave us alone. You are not welcome among us. You have no sovereignty where we gather. So what he was essentially saying there, and, and it was really very much of the utopian vision at the beginning of the internet, was that the internet was going to be something that was going to ride over uh, national sovereignty and that these walled gardens that were created by uh, national boundaries was really going to be to a great degree broken down by the internet. So a totalitarian government wasn't going to be able to keep out the ideas of freedom or democracy that were popular elsewhere on the world, for example. And what we've seen is that vision, that utopian vision over the past 25 years has been about 180 degrees wrong. And, you know, what we're seeing increasingly with China's great firewall and, you know, U.S. efforts to uh, tamp down the growth of Chinese apps in the U.S. is that, in fact, national sovereignty is turning out to be much more powerful than the Internet. And uh, we may well see, I think it's likely we're going to see that that trend continues and um, Barlow's vision uh, is going to end up on sort of the ash heap of history. <laughs> Well, there you go. And now, um, moving on, I mean, <laughs> to that's... To quote Chris Jeff. In, indeed. I mean, that sounds, uh, that sounds uh, slightly bleak, but also, I suppose, uh, inevitable in the sense that we've seen this um, all around the world, particularly when it comes to law enforcement. There is this desire to uh, impose or reimpose uh, national, uh, an idea of national sovereignty. Just moving on, though, there's been a steady increase in the regulatory pressure on US multinational internet giants around the world over the past year. Uh, that includes the United States. Is that, now that we have a new administration in place in the US, is that likely to continue under the Biden administration? <laughs> So the Biden administration is only one week old at this point, but um, the initial signs are the, the answer to that question is yes. A couple of examples we can cite. President Biden has designated uh, Rebecca Kelly Slaughter to be the uh, interim chief of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission. Commissioner Slaughter is already on the commission, of course, and uh, last year when the FTC was finalizing its $5 billion enforcement against Facebook, uh, Commissioner Slaughter was one of the commissioners who said, this doesn't go far enough. We should really sue them in court and, and seek an even bigger penalty. So uh, she's somebody who is going to run the FTC as a more activist agency, I think. She has rightly called out things like uh, the lack of racial diversity and sees in, in American society and sees antitrust as maybe one, one answer to that. So uh, she's going to be taking a much more expansive role in regulation, I think. And, and so that's an early sign that more trouble ahead for uh, for U.S. internet companies. And um, Gina Raimondo, the Commerce Secretary, was also asked pointedly today, do you think uh, Facebook and other social media companies are too powerful? And while she didn't give a yes or no answer to that question, she did say that uh, she uh, favors reducing the legal protections uh, for companies under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. So, you know, again, that's another serious warning sign and another signal that um, the Biden administration is going to take a very strong uh, stance in regulating the tech industry. 
Mike, more broadly, critics of platforms have always suggested that there was a deficiency, there was a lack of appropriate regulation, that regulation hadn't kept up with uh, the developments in uh, technology. Is it safe to assume that 2021 will, in a way, be a year of reckoning? It will be a year in which uh, perhaps that regulation starts to catch up with uh, the platforms if that lack of regulation is indeed uh, uh, the issue that uh, the critics of the platforms say it is. You know, it certainly seems that way, James. I, I, I you know, I think if, if you look at all these major um, antitrust cases that have been filed against Google and Facebook, and uh, we know there are investigations going on against other big companies, such as uh, including Apple and uh, Amazon, uh, whether those will result in, in actual action here in the U.S., we don't know. Uh, it sure looks like it. Uh, there, there will be that result in, in Europe. Uh, we're going to start to see what well, we will continue to see more GDPR fines in Europe. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure you can call out um, this year as being kind of a fulcrum, you know, or the, the pivot point. But it, it seems to indicate that, that this slope of continuing pressure against uh, the tech industry is, is really continuing to ramp up in 2021. And there's really no sign that it's going to abate, you know, any time in the foreseeable future. Mike, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk with me today. And happy Data Privacy Day 2021. <laughs> I'll be celebrating. Thanks, James. Mike Swift is MLEX's Chief Global Digital Risk Correspondent. He was speaking to me earlier this week in a chat to mark Data Privacy Day, January the 28th. And that's where we'll have to leave it for today. We'll be back in your feed on Friday for our regular podcast. If you want to dip into our editorial content, you can do so at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X, marketinsight.com. Click on the soon-to-be-renamed Insight Centre tab and you'll find links to a range of MLEX stories. You can subscribe to MLEX Podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. Leave a review when you can and help us spread the word. My name is James Paniki, Asia-Pacific Senior Editor, and from all of us here at MLEX, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you again very, very soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.